Patriots, assemble! We don't mess around. We don't waste time. Over here at his hard line. Let's go! from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Greetings and good day to all you ladies and gentlemen out there. I am Jason, your co-host with our sovereign Lord and Savior Christ Jesus at our side because he is the host with the most and the most high. He is in charge. He is in the captain's chair. He's at the helm and behind the wheel. Therefore, he is steering this great ship through these crazy rough waters that we call life. So welcome to His Heart Line. Today is Friday, October 13th, 2023, and you are listening to episode 617. We'll be doing a reading out of Job, chapter 16, for part A of the show, and then for the second half of the show, part B. It is titled, Help My Unbelief. I want to clarify that I am not a doctor, holistic health expert, financial advisor, pastor, priest, deacon, biblical scholar, or bar lawyer. I do not possess any titles of nobility, nor have any, uh, or nor do I offer any legal advice. And I do not have a political degree or had any involvement with any unconstitutional three-letter corrupt agencies like the CIA or FBI. And while I am a member of the MGJA, I am not the official face or voice of the national, state, or county assembly. I also want to emphasize that I have no affiliation with other groups who try to mimic the lawful assembly, such as the American States Assembly, National Liberty Life Force, Beacon 37, RUSA, and Tactical Civics, or any other organizations outside the Michigan model. I'm not involved with any fraudulent status correcting associated with AVR, Bobby Lawrence, or David Strait and Company, and furthermore, I do not endorse or advocate for violence, and I am not a party to any deep state cult Freemasons, nor am I one of the many reprobative miscreants who are actively trying to implode the general general assemblies across this land. And please note that the opinions, thoughts, and statements expressed on this platform are solely my own and for educational purposes, unless otherwise referenced. So there you go to all the Karens and Darrens out there. Eat your heart out. So um, today's going to be a bit of a light show today. It's not going to be as long as it typically is. Um, in fact, I was actually toying around with the idea of just doing a recording drop, but uh, I figured, you know, we'll just make this a publicly live show. I didn't give a lot of time or advance notice on Telegram to let you find people know, but you know, it's Friday night. I figure you guys are probably out and about doing some stuff, going out to eat, spending time with loved ones. So you guys can just catch this on the download side. So anyways, um, before we get started, I do want to start off with a little something fun because, you know, we got so much crap and nonsense that's just hitting us left, right, and sideways on mainstream media and on podcasts. If you're listening to other shows, you know, I personally don't listen to too much. I do, but I don't on a regular basis, if that makes sense. I don't really listen to any one podcast um, on a, you know, daily basis. Um, That's just, just, that's just me. But I do feel like we need to start off with a little laughter, a little fun, okay? Um, 
my wife was playing this for me. It's from TikTok, and I absolutely love this. This is one of those videos where it's like got a filter. It's got one of those crazy chipmunk type of sounding voices, and it's a guy who, um, you know, he he basically does these parodies that kind of shows like kind of like real life scenarios of what could happen in a marriage. So he plays the part of the husband. And then of course, as the wife um, in these like kind of jokey type of videos, this one was absolutely comical. So we're going to play this. It's about eh, two and a half minutes long, but I hope you guys get the same kind of laughter and chuckles out, out of this as I did. Hey, baby, I'm home. All right, third and seven. You don't need a big play here. Just make sure you throw it to the sticks. Oh, the game's on. Who's winning? What are you doing throwing a screen pass? It's third and seven. We haven't thrown a screen pass in right all year. Come on. Okay. Um, baby, I took the liberty of washing all your deer hunting clothes in this new laundry detergent that I got last week. Everything smells like lavender. It's wonderful. You know, I got all that dough urine smell out of it. So you're good to go. All right. It's fourth and half a yard. Run the QB sneak. No, no. What are you doing? Why are you lining up in a shotgun? You're going to make our backs have to run six yards just to get half the yard? What are you doing? Run the sneak. <laughs> oh, nothing. Um... Baby, I told my mama that she could stay with us for a month while her living room is getting remodeled. My goodness, we keep on getting lucky. Oh, hey, baby, when'd you get home? <laughs> Just walked in, baby. Uh, listen, I have a huge surprise for you. Oh, joy, another surprise. Just <laughs> tell me how much money you spent. No, I want you to guess. Here's a hint. We talked about it last week. Wait. We just we just talked about this last week. Did you you didn't do that, did you? Did you really give me field passes for the NC State Clemson game? What? No, that's ridiculous. Why would I get those? No, no, it's definitely not those. Well, that's a letdown. No, I bought the huge life size, bigger than life size skeleton at Home Depot. He's like, what? Right? I knew it. You're speechless and you love it. No, no, no. I'm not speechless. I'm just trying to work in my head how something that I bought and something that I'm going to have to put up that I don't really care about is going to be a surprise for me. Um, It's a surprise for you because happy wife, happy life. I don't remember that being in the vows. And that's why you should always read the fine print, baby. That's right. That's why you should always read the fine print. Oh, my Lord. That was just great. Like I said, I figured we start that off with a little bit of comedy. It, that was just that was too much. I tell you, when I, I must have played that maybe three or four times yesterday, and I just got just chuckle after chuckle after chuckle i just absolutely thought that was great so anyways but like i said this is going to be a bit of a light show i was like i said originally just going to do a recording drop and then just put it out there but you know i figure what the heck i'll just put it out there on public rec you know put put out there public uh viewing here why i did this recording so anyways um like i said we're gonna get into the reading so ja job chapter 16 for part a all right, so now we're getting into Job's fourth reply, um, and this is what he answered. So it says, Then Job answered and said, I have heard this sort of thing many times, troublesome comforters, all of you. Is there no end to windy words? What sickness make you rattle on? I also could talk as you do. Were you in my place? I could declaim <clears throat> excuse me, over you or wag my head at you. I could strengthen you with talk, with mere chatter, give relief. If I speak, my pain is not relieved. If I stop speaking, nothing changes. But now he has exhausted me. You have stunned all my companions. You have shriveled me up. It is a witness. My gauntness rises up to testify against me. His wrath te tears and assails me. He gnashes his teeth against me. My, enemies looks, uh, my enemy looks daggers at me. 
They gape at me with their mouths. They strike me on my cheek with insults. They are all enlisted against me. God has given me over to the impious, into the hands of the wicked. He has cast me. I was in peace, but he dislodged me, seized me by my neck, dashed me to pieces. He has set me up for a target. His arrows strike me from all directions. He pierces my sides without mercy, pours out my gall upon the ground. He pierces me thrust upon thrust, rushes at me like a warrior. I have sewn sackcloth on my skin, laid my horn low in the dust. My face is inflamed with weeping. Darkness covers my eyes. Although my hands are free from violence and my prayer sincere, O earth, do not cover my blood, nor let my outcry come to rest. Even now my witness is in heaven. My advocate is on high. My friend it is who wronged me before God. My eyes shed tears. That justice may be done for a mortal with God as for a man with his neighbor. For my years are numbered, and I go the road of no return. And that is a reading of Job chapter 16. Now, in the midst of Job's suffering, we find a yet another powerful lesson, right? That seems to really resonate with, with us today, especially me. Job's words reflect a very familiar sentiment when we feel overwhelmed by life's challenges and we face well-intentioned yet misguided advice from those around us. I think we all have fallen, you know, for that. And Job's lament really should remind us that there are times that when the words of people who try to comfort us, right, the comforters, right, people who are well-meaning, they can actually become burdensome, right? They think they're doing good. They think they're helping, but really they're not. And when life's troubles bear down on us, it seems as if the weight of the world is on our shoulders, right? And so we tend to encounter people who offer what seems to be, in their mind, well-intended advice, but what they fail to see and truly understand is really comprehending our own pain, right? Their intentions are there, but they don't really truly understand our pain. And I think we've all been there before, right? It's like, um, it's like when somebody goes through like a miscarriage, like my wife, you know, bless her heart. She's gone through, gosh, five of them now in the last, you know, six years, I want to say. Um, it's like, you know, when a woman goes through that many miscarriages or even, you know, just as equally as tragic when, you, you know, you know, somebody who is dealing with a death of the suicide kind, right? And they happen to be the one to find that loved one. I it was one of them. I, I, I had that misfortune in my life. First off, I already know that there is nothing that you can say that will ever make anybody feel better, right? Sometimes it's just a matter of being there for that person that's going through those troubles and just simply just being there, right? Don't try to say something. Don't try to give words of encouragement or try to be uplifting. Just be there, right? But when you try to speak as if you are trying to help them out and give them advice, right? Your intentions are there, but sometimes your words aren't needed or if they are needed, they're not the correct ones, right? And so it ends up having the reverse effect on you. It ends up making you feel even crappier or even more irritated to some degree, right? But Job, right, in this in this reading, Job's wisdom doesn't really end there because he shows us the importance of authenticity in our struggles. And he doesn't mince words, as we know, or pretend that everything is all right. He expresses his anguish very openly and his raw honesty teaches us that, hey, it's okay to acknowledge our pain and to seek solace, right? It's okay. Yet even as Job's anguish pours out, it's important to note that he doesn't lose faith. 
and he still remains his belief, or he still, excuse me, he still maintains his belief in God, the Father in heaven, the highest power, right? And divine justice. And his faith reminds us that even in our darkest moments, we can turn to our spirituality or inner strength to find that glimmer of hope. Now, in our own lives, you know, when we feel like we're being pummeled from every direction, when it seems like even our prayers are falling on deaf ears, you know, we can certainly take the inspiration from Job's resilience, right? We can lay our burdens bare. We trust in our faith. And like Job, we have hope that justice will eventually prevail in the end. You know, we see so much going on out there in the world. We're hearing all these stories about what's going on in Israel. Like, honestly, I've turned the news feed off because, again, we don't really truly know what's going on over there. I don't care who you're listening to. I don't care who you trust more than this podcast or more than this source. Honestly, unless you have somebody you directly know that is on the ground over there in the middle of that chaotic situation, we really don't know what's going on. We don't know who is doing what, where, when, why, and how. We don't. That's why I felt like today was a good day to just kind of have a very easy, chill show. Nothing too crazy. We're going to keep it very relaxed because I feel like we need that because we are having just so much that's coming up coming down on our shoulders right we have a lot of burdens we got a lot of stuff we're dealing with even in our own personal lives right things are getting more expensive life seems to be feeling more stressful and anxieties are running high the dollar is collapsing the world seems to be falling to chaos is it or is it just to wake other people up i mean you know, but either way, whether if you're awake to the nonsense or not, it's still taxing on the emotions. And so Job's story tells us that even in the face of the most profound suffering, that we can certainly find strength, resilience, and, and an unwavering faith. And we need to remember that, hey, it's okay to express our pain. It's okay to let God know, hey, this really sucks, Father, and I hate it. And it seems like my prayers aren't being heard. It seems like with the chaos that's going on in the world, it seems like my anxieties are not dropping down. And I know you said, Father, in the Bible that don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Yes, I know that. But, you know, let's face it. I'm not perfect, Father. You know this, right? It's okay to have these frank conversations with God. And in doing so, you know, we might discover a deeper connection to our faith by venting to Father, right? Uh, we might find, a, a, like I said, a deeper connection to our faith and, who knows, even a path towards healing. Because like Job, you know, we can weather the storms of life. And in the end, we could find our way on the road to, of no return and forever change, but stronger for having endured. And I got an audio piece I'm going to play that kind of relates to this. But first, we're going to we're going to end this segment, uh, 600 episode 617, part A. We're going to end this segment in prayer, and then we're going to go to the other side for a brief moment, not too terribly long, but just for a brief moment, okay? Um, to the second half, which is called "Help My Unbelief." All right. So, Heavenly Father, in our moments of deepest struggle and despair, we turn to you just as Job did in his time of immense suffering. And we acknowledge that life's burdens can sometimes feel very overwhelming. And we seek your guidance and your strength as usual to endure. And we ask that you grant us the wisdom to be honest about our pain and the faith to believe in your justice, even when the path ahead seems uncertain. And as we walk the road of no return, May we ask and find solace in your presence and comfort in the knowledge that you are with us, guiding us through the darkest of times. Lord, look, 
we also ask that you help us remember that in our vulnerability, we find strength and in our faith, we find hope. You know, may the lessons from Job's story inspire us to face our challenges with resilience, honesty, and unwavering trust in your divine plan. And we offer this prayer with sincere gratitude and humility, knowing that in our trials, we draw closer to you and emerge stronger on the other side. And we pray all these wonderful things in your holy son's name, Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick little break, about a minute, and we will be right back. unbelief on this episode 617 on this friday october 13th friday the 13th oh my i've totally forgot what that even was you know i don't even think about that anymore so anyway um where do i want to go with this so hold on a second where did i just put this there it is all right sorry about that i clicked on the wrong thing on my phone thought i lost something i was like oh all right so First off, what I want to play before we get into uh, this next little section of Help My Unbelief, I feel like it's a very important audio that I want to play, Um, but before we get to that six-minute audio piece, I want to play this one section. Let me find it first. Oh, I tell you, like I said, we're going to keep it very light today. We're going to keep it very easygoing. Um, cause like I said, we got so much going on out there. So listen to this. If you haven't heard this, it's kind of like a commercial in a way it's about two and a half minutes long, but back to like what we were just, you know, talking about, right. Um, in our lesson that we can take away from Job. Um, hold on a second guys. Sorry. My phone keeps ringing. Um, but like I was saying, um, and I just lost my thought. Excuse me about that. But, you know, we can we, we need to always, again, we need to always weather that storm of life, right? Weather those storms of life. And we need to remember that in the end, we will find our own way on the road of no return, right? And we will return stronger for having endured during these tough times. I want you to listen to this. This is very, very profound and very important, especially considering the times that we find ourselves in. And I want you to listen toward the very tail end of this video. Listen to what Trump says, because this is very important. President Trump has just been impeached on both Article the 1 The only and- president of the United States to be impeached for a second January time. January 6th committee releasing its final 845-page report. Former President Donald Trump has been indicted. Remember this. Nothing worth doing ever, ever, ever came easy. Following your convictions means you must be willing to face criticism from those who lack the same courage to do what is right. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider. Embrace that label. Being an outsider is fine. Embrace the label because it's the outsiders who change the world and who make a real and lasting difference. The more that a broken system tells you that you're wrong, the more certain you should be that you must keep pushing ahead. This is a party that wants an outsider badly. I continue to believe Mr. Trump will not be president. You must 
keep pushing forward. Never, ever give up. There'll be times in your life you'll want to quit, you'll want to go home. I can't do it. I can't do it. Just never quit. You will build a future where we have the courage to chase our dreams no matter what the cynics and the doubters have to say. You will have the confidence to speak the hopes in your hearts and to express the love that stirs your souls. And you will have the faith to replace a broken establishment with a government that serves and protects the people. They're not coming after me, they're coming after you. I'm just standing in their way. And I always will stand in their way. That's right. I tell you what, he 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 said something very key there. He said something very key there. You're gonna wanna feel like you're gonna wanna quit. You're going to want to feel like you're going to quit. And your mind keeps telling you, just quit. But you know what? You have to keep moving forward. You got to keep going on. Because at the end of the day, like he said, nothing worth fighting for ever came easy. Nothing worth fighting for ever came easy. And sometimes... We're going to be faced with some of the most profound challenges that I think not even our own minds can fathom. We think we are in the mud right now. I don't think we've even really touched the surface, to be quite honest with you. I think we're going to get to a point at some point where it's going to get so deep and so mucked up that we're going to have a hard time moving anywhere. But the important part that we need to continue to remember is we cannot give up. We need to keep pressing forward. I don't care if it means, you know, if it's with regards to, you know, just anything, fighting against your school boards, getting your reassembly, you know, reassembly, your assembly of states, so, you know, your reassemblies, fighting against these reprobates who keep trying to push these assemblies down. I don't care what it is. I don't care who it is. You need to keep pressing forward. Again, nothing worth fighting for ever came easy. You need to remember that. It's very, very important. Those are very important words you need to heed and really let sink in. Now, what I want to play next is, um, oh boy, I always forget her name. I wish it was right here in the description. Um, I'm subscribed to her channel too. Maybe she'll say it on her video, but it says three telling signs you don't trust God as much as you think you do. Now, this lady is just absolutely amazing. I love what she says here. But again, this is called Help My Unbelief. So let's give this a listen to. It's really profound and I think really worth the listen. It's about six minutes. It was 2012. I was growing in my faith, like many Christians, slow and steady. But something happened in December of 2012 that caused me to make a decision that did this to my faith, and this to my flesh, and this to my fate. But how did I do this during one of the most difficult times in my life? Well, in this video, I'm going to share with you one simple change that I made to achieve this, and then I'm going to tear apart some common misconceptions when it comes to trusting God and what I could have done better. I'd been an entrepreneur most of my life, and for the most part, things went well until it didn't. Business wasn't what it used to be. I was newly married, smack in the middle of a recession. My savings was drained. My income was down to a third of what I was used to making. My wonderful new husband was severely underemployed. And on top of that, he had an ex-wife who loved to go to court for sport. The strain of step-parenting, preparing my daughter for college, and having a midlife shift all crammed into this tiny two-bedroom townhome was enough to... Gah! Needless to say, life was not what I hoped it would be at this stage of my life. And suddenly, God tells me it's time to move on. Move on? 
Gladly. What you got for me, Lord? A shiny new business, new opportunity. I'll take whatever new beginnings you have for me. Lord, yes, move me on. And he said, good, because you're moving into ministry. Lord, I don't think you heard me. I'm, I'm struggling here. Well, he heard me all right, but I wasn't hearing him. And I didn't want to believe that leaving a love of business would turn into a life of ministry. Truthfully, my heart was all in, my head was hesitant. I was the breadwinner of the family and business was all I had ever known. I knew how to control my own income, but now God was not only asking me to close the business, but also to go back to school. So in essence, I was losing income and adding expenses. Look, I'm no math whiz, but this wasn't adding up. So I vacillated, I negotiated, I contemplated, and the more I did, the worse it got. See, God wasn't looking for my understanding. He was looking for my trust. I surrendered. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I panicked. The truth is I was used to trusting in myself. I'd done that for years, but now I had no idea what life was going to look like. I had no idea where our next mortgage payment would come from. Nothing made sense. And the worst part is I had no control over anything. So I had a choice to make. I knew this would be a pivotal point in my walk with God. Would I continue to rely on my own resources or would I trust him? And what I realized at that moment is that I hadn't trusted God as much as I thought I did, evidenced by all the panic. So I made one change. I chose to hang up any preconceived notions about what God should do for me and when. And I decided that I was just going to trust him day by day, moment by moment, trust him to work it all out. It sounds so simple, but simple and easy aren't the same. There's some misconceptions about what true trust in the Lord looks like. And misconception number one is that faith is a feeling. And we can all feel good when we hear an encouraging worship song or when we're blessed in our circumstances. But if that same faith turns to fear the minute your circumstances change, then your trust really wasn't what you thought it was. And if you're the type that responds by saying, oh, it's only natural to react that way, then you've just proved my point. You're operating in the natural, not the supernatural. And misconception number two, if they say the right words, then I'll have faith. And that sounds a little bit more like new age nonsense. Yes, we should meditate on God's word, but to do it so that it penetrates the very depths of our soul. You see, just reciting a few scriptures or declaring a few positive affirmations that you don't believe anyway, doesn't equal faith. And misconception number three, thinking positive is the same as faith. Simply keeping your complaints to yourself or slapping a smile on your face doesn't mean that you have faith in the Almighty God. Denying your stresses and your situation doesn't equal faith. It actually equals ignorance. What were we just talking about in the lesson after reading the book of Job? It's okay to voice your frustration and vent, uh, vent to God about your pain and the anguish that you're dealing with. He expects that you need to talk to him like he's a friend. It doesn't have to be formalities. Always talk to God and Jesus like they are friends. Voice your opinions. Voice your frustrations. Ask the hard questions. Don't just think that you always have to put on a fake front and a, you know, a positive face, face and to speak nicely to God. No, I'm not telling you to curse God or anything like that, but have frank conversations with them. See, faith is not pretending your problems don't exist. Faith is when you recognize that your situation isn't going well, but you elevate God higher than your problem. In that moment of truth where God was closing doors with me, still lingering in that dark hallway, I could have responded immediately with a, yes, Lord. And that would have shown him that I didn't need to have all the answers. I didn't need to understand and I didn't need to know what doors would be opened next. 
But true trust doesn't control. It doesn't worry. It doesn't figure things out. It simply rests internally and externally in the mighty hand of God. If you want to learn the four lies that I used to believe until I came to yeah. my senses, go ahead and check out this. I really like what right she here. said. And true trust, true trust really just rests, right? Having to, true trust in God really just rests. There's no anxiety. There's no frustrations, right? There's no unbelief. When you have 100% trust in Father, you should have rest. And that's exactly kind of what she was going at with this. Her first name is Chris. I didn't catch her last name, but I love this lady. Um, let me see. You know what? Let me see. Let me see if I can find her real quick on YouTube. In case you guys want to subscribe to her channel, I think she's outstanding. Uh, let me see if I can find her. Uh, her name is, hold on now, Chris Reese. It's Chris Reese, K-R-I-S. Her last name, Reese, R-E-E-C-E, -E -E, Chris Reese. She has a lot of very good videos out there. And that was just one that I felt like would be a very good one to share with all of you. Because like I said, we got so much coming at us left, right, and sideways out there in the world. It's very easy to lose trust, right? And 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 you and to have your faith, you know, kind of almost almost damn near fall into the borderline side of, you know, unbelief. But again, always look at what Job went through and understand what he always did. He, he, he always remained solid, right? He always, his wisdom, like I said, showed us, he, he shows us the importance of being authentic in his struggles, right? And again, you don't have to mince words or pretend that everything is all right. It's okay to express when you're frustrated. It's okay to give that raw honesty, right? Because again, that's basically showing that, hey, it's okay to acknowledge your pain and that you're just trying to find peace. So anyway, I thought that was something that I felt like needed to be played, that needed to be shared. Because like I said, there's so much going on out there and just people had enough, you know, sometimes we just need something to give us a good solid, you know, give us a good solid message. Now, like I said, this is going to be a very short light show. Um, there was an article I did want to read. It was from the U.S. Space Force military mill website. And if you follow, um, if you listen to S. Janon, or I think even Derek Johnson may have talked about it, maybe Kirk on Kirk's Law Corner too. I don't know if he's brought this up, but uh, there's an article that was uh, published our, uh, October 2nd, 2023 uh, by First Lieutenant Hillary Gibson, uh, which is part of the Space Operations Command. And the article says Army's JTAGS mission transfers to the USSF. So let me read this for you. I think this is pretty interesting. So Buckley Space Forest Base, Colorado, uh, the article goes on to saying the U.S. Army's Joint Tactical Ground Station Missile Warning System mission officially transferred to the U.S. Space Force as of October 1st. I want to reread that. The U.S. Army's Joint Tactical Ground Station Missile Warning System mission officially transferred to the U.S. Space Force October 1. Interesting. This mission transfer from the Army to the Space Force follows the Army satellite communications transfer in August of 2022, which consolidated all military SATCOM capabilities under one service for the first time ever. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, I personally cannot emphasize enough, and this is the quote right here, okay? This is not me saying it. It says, I cannot emphasize enough my appreciation for the exceptional teamwork displayed by the Army's Space and Missile Defense Command during this mission transfer, stated Lieutenant General Stephen Whiting. All right? Um, it continues to say, uh, and of course, uh, Stephen Whiting is a commander of Space Operations Command. And he continues to quote, now it is our responsibility to uphold the same level of mission 
accomplishments with JTAGs as a fully integrated component of our broader missile warning system, mission, excuse me, mission. JTAGs are forward deployed space ground systems that receive, process, and disseminate direct downlinked infrared data from overhead sensors. They provide real-time warning, alerting, and queuing information on ballistic missile launches. JTAGs process satellite data and disseminate ballistic missiles warning, missile warning, or special event messages to warfighters in support of regional combatant commanders over multiple theater communication systems. Sorry about that. Hold on a second. I'm just looking for something here. Well, what the heck? Hold on, guys. I'm sorry. I was just kind of putzing around on my phone here before I lost my spot. There we go. That's what I was looking for. All right. Um, But it continues to say... um, The JTAG's mission will fall under Space Delta IV at Buckley Space Force Base until Space Operations Command officially stands up the 5th Space Warning Squadron in the near future. Space Operations Command is the Fight Tonight Force and First Field Command of the U.S. Space Force. SSPOX, or or I should say SPOX, which is Space Force uh, Operation Command, uh, mission is to protect America and our allies in, from, and to space now and into the future. There's something I want to play that I absolutely love. Um, I want to play this. Let me see. I hope I have the right video here. I think I do. Yes, I want to play something. It's about two minutes and 43 seconds, and then, yes, we'll close out the show. Um, just a video on on the uh, Space Force website. I think it's really, uh, really interesting. Uh, Oscar right here in the chat was saying squadrons are offensive, not defensive. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, you would know more about that than me. But yeah, you can actually if you go to Space Force's website, you can find this uh, uh, this article. Um, Very. It is very interesting. If if squadrons are more offensive and not defensive, that is very interesting. Um, But I do want to play this because I I think I I tell you, what, I got chills every time that I, I listen to this. Listen to this. Today, space is essential not only to our way of life, it's absolutely critical to the modern way of war. GPS, ATMs, cell phones, gas pumps, traffic lights, power grids, guided missiles, surveillance, RPAs, ground combat control. There's no such thing as a day without space operations. You just don't see them. Earth is only half the battle. Cyber attacks and jamming of our satellites. Microsatellites that can create a debris field. At 17,000 miles an hour, a piece of metal the size of a coin can be weaponized. Now is the time for a military branch with a clear and singular focus on space. A military branch that protects the hopes and dreams of America and our way of life as the space domain becomes more and more contested. It's time for another giant leap. The United States Space Force is being built from the brightest minds across the space operations of the Air Force, our joint services, and the private sector. We aren't just getting ready for the near future, we're getting ready for the 22nd century. When our enemies ask, what if, we will have an answer. When foreign powers can build bases on the dark side of the moon, when private companies are inventing a new economy beyond our planet, we need to stay one step ahead of the future. The future is where we'll make history. We will fight in an environment with no up or down, no left or right, where there are no borders and nowhere to hide. Our space force is defending our country, here on Earth and wherever our mission takes us. As commerce and exploration expand, We will imagine the unimaginable, anticipate the inconceivable, and prepare for the impossible. We won't just think outside the box. We'll think outside the atmosphere. In one of the most challenging environments ever known. I love it. 
It says right here, the sky is not the limit. That was a very good commercial. Yeah, I absolutely love that commercial. Oscar was saying right here, um, after he said squadrons are offensive, not defensive. Interesting. He said, or it should say dual role. Um, and it applies vehicle. He said, think Starfleet. Think Starfleet. Again, I think um, what he might be talking about, too, he would know a lot more than I do. I, this is all new to me. So he might, we might have to have him, you know, Oscar, we might, one of these days, let's get together. Let's get you on the podcast. Maybe this might be a good topic of conversation because you could probably enlighten me on this. I have no idea what Starfleet is at all. Um, I think it'd be an, an excellent topic to discuss. Um, I would be happy to hand over the floor over to you to, you know, if you know a little bit more about this, I, I would find it very intriguing to be honest with you, but yeah, you know, it just gives me goosebumps to think that. It was one of the 21 requisitions, which, by the way, just so I'm clear, I was never a part of because I didn't know about the assemblies till about two years ago. But it just gives me goosebumps to know that it was the general, the people in general general assembly that that wrote the requisitions that went forward and were issued to the military. Um, and, and, and one of those requisitions was, you know, which was basically resulted in the start of Space Force. Yeah, but people might always say, yeah, but Jason, Trump, Trump started it. Trump started it. Yeah, well, where did Trump, Commander-in-Chief Trump, where did he get the idea to start Space Force? No president can just start a freaking, you know, can start a, a military branch on its own, especially when we always had, you know, the Navy and the Army, the Air Force, the Marines, right? The National Guard, right? Coast Guard. Like, you know what I mean? That So it it is really amazing. And I, I tell you, one of these days, I, I would love to read every single one of these requisitions. I think it would be really awesome. But, you know, requisition number 19 was the reason for why the Space Force um, came about. And Destry was putting right here in the chat, Trump was lawfully instructed as a public servant. That's right. And let me tell you something. The, you know, the, Alaskan General, the Alaska General General Assembly, first off, they got their stuff together up there. So let's point that out. Number one, they're getting stuff done up there in their own state. And because of, you know, some of the things that they are doing in the business that they've been conducting and orders that they've been putting forward, you know, they're able to get the, uh, what is it? The, uh, Amor, the, uh, of the pipeline, the oil, you know, flowing again up there. And, uh, you know, they're able to, you know, basically open up the tap again for oil production up there. And again, it was because of the Alaska General General Assembly and the orders that they put forward up there towards Dunleavy. And boy, what do you know? All of a sudden now, Conic I think, what is it? Conical Phillips, I think it is, Destry? I think that's the company that's going up there and they're shipping all their, infra, you know, all their equipment up there up to uh, the Arctic Circle to uh, start, you know, opening up the tap again and, and getting, getting oil flowing again. If I'm not mistaken, I'm trying to remember uh, that that uh, directive that you put forward to Dunleavy uh, a year ago. Um, but that's that's what I'm talking about, folks. And that's on a state level. Do you understand? Even though we don't have our 38 states yet, yet, yet. So you guys think, oh, Jason hasn't been talking about this lately. Yet, it's coming. Even though we don't have the 38 states yet, doesn't mean that the states can't still get business done and see these infiltrators and these lower level agents. They understand that. See, we still have a continuity of government, but that doesn't mean that we can't get business done and get the people, the business of the people completed. And he was just saying right here in the chat and they have been, uh, they have us busy moving pipe and equipment up there. That's right. Because Destry works for a big trucking company up there. And so, their trucking company is part and parcel, actually big part and parcel of hauling all that equipment up there. So these are the things that the people in assembly can do. When you get the people together in unity, there's a lot that can be accomplished. But when you have a bunch of scumbag obfuscators that try to get in and try to F with the assembly and try to basically bog it down with useless bullcrap objections and 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 you know arguments over you know trivial bullshit the business of the people can't be done 
you understand why they are trying to infiltrate and destroy it? I hope that kind of gives a little bit more clarity. I could spend the next 30 minutes drilling these scumbags, but I'm a little tired. Quite frankly, I want my evening this evening to be a restful, relaxing one. And um, I think tomorrow there won't be a live show tomorrow. Like I said, this one was even a surprise one, which is why you don't see too many people on here for anybody that might be on here live. It was kind of a last minute decision. I was just going to do a recording and then just drop it. But tomorrow for sure will definitely be a recording because um, I'm going to get get it out of the way right when I get home. And then I'm going to spend the rest of my Saturday evening with my family and play horses with my daughter, which, oh, my gosh, by the way, guys, I have to share with you a story before I let you go. <clears throat> so, as you all know, Haven has taken horseback riding lessons. <sighs> well, the poor little girl, she got flung off her horse pretty bad yesterday and it was kind of my fault in a way um not on purpose obviously um she's doing english style riding which requires to have proper form and how you sit and how your stance is and where your feet are placed in the stirrups and so on and so forth and so there's this exercise that the instructor was having haven doing where she has to you know, st stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down, right? To, and But your back has to be straight. Well, there is one point where the instructor told Haven to put one arm behind her back, like she's pushing against her lower back to help her posture and put one arm out like she's flying and to stand up and down, up and down, up and down, right? As the horse is at a, at a light trot. Well, Haven was doing such an outstanding job. I was like super proud. And, and as, as the instructor was bringing Haven around to where me and Katie were sitting, I just did a couple claps like this. I was like, "Woo, good job, peanut. And the minute I, 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 I did those two claps, that horse got so startled in an instant and flung its ass end way out. And because Haven wasn't holding on to anything because you know, of the exercise she was doing, boom. She got flung off and like face planted it right into the down, right into the ground. I was like, oh no, oh no. So anyway, I learned a lesson. Don't clap uh, around horses during horse lessons. Uh, it's not, it's no bueno. Yeah. I felt extremely bad, very, very bad. So we ended up taking Haven to the chiropractor shortly after that riding lesson, just to make sure everything was good. She hurt her hip a little bit. She was scared. Um, it took her about 15 minutes to get back in the arena. She wanted nothing to do with getting back on the horse for, at first. Um, but, you know, little girl worked up her courage. She, you know, the instructor is like, look, I'm not going to make you get back on her, but you do need to come out here. We need to have a conversation about what happened. You're not in trouble, but we need to discuss what happened, why it happened. And you need to understand that it was not the horse trying to be mean. And you have to at least, you know, come up and pet Xena. Yeah, that's the horse, right? Pet Xena, because the horse kept looking at Haven with concern, like, oh no, is she okay? Like you can read the horse's face. And look, I'm not an expert with horse cues, but I could tell the horse looked sincerely concerned for Haven's uh, well-being and safety. She looked so concerned for Haven. It was actually really, honestly, it was, it was everything short of miraculous. I don't think I've ever seen an animal outside of other than a dog express that type of concern without using words it was really amazing and so anyway so she got back in the arena she took the lead rope and was leading xena the horse around and uh, she got back on the horse um you know it, it took a minute and she was crying she was so scared naturally but she got back on that horse guys it was amazing so anyways but um yeah that that was our excitement yesterday so Ladies and gentlemen, that really concludes episode 617, part A and B. That would be Job chapter 16, and part B was titled Help My Unbelief. I think it was something that I think a lot of people needed to hear, uh, considering the climate that we see before our eyes. And like I said, remember, we don't know fully what's going on, okay? There's so many people, you know, are, are trying to tell me, oh, Jason, but, you know, 
you know, we need to be careful about what we're saying and how we're saying, well, okay, that I, I do agree with that, but we also need to remember and come all to the same agreement that let's be real with ourselves. We don't really truly know what's going on on the ground level over there on the other side of the pond. We don't, unless we know somebody firsthand or we're there ourselves, we're at the mercy of second and third hand information. So we also need to not be gullible to what we're being fed. Okay. Um, we just, we just got to be aware of it. That's all I'm saying. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you all have a great day or night, wherever you're at in the world. Remember eyes on Christ, invite them in your heart and you will be okay. And remember, don't be afraid to talk God. Like he's your friend, express your frustration. Let him know that you feel like your prayers are falling on deaf ears. He will listen. All right. I don't know how he's going to respond, but I know he will listen. So I hope you all have a great day. Enjoy your weekend, ladies and gentlemen, and we will see you back here eh, probably on Sunday. God bless, ladies and gentlemen. ladies and gentlemen remember ladies and gentlemen we are firm we are steadfast and we are uncompromising the enemy has crossed that line for the last time it is up to people like you and I to hold that line they've crossed the line way too many times and it is time for us to stand up this republic and get after it we got to do this for God. We got to do this for our families. We got to do this for America, for the voiceless. It's time to get after, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining the show. Get to check out the website www.hisheartline.com and if you want to know more about how to get involved with your assembly go to www.national-assembly.net that's www.national-assembly.net it's time to get active ladies and gentlemen let's go
Thank you for joining us here at His Heart Line. We'll see you back here next time.